Welcome to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, the podcast for high achievers who want to stay sharp, focused, and full of energy despite their diagnosis. With your host, National Board Certified Functional Medicine Health Coach, Julie Michelson, where Julie helps you take your power back from autoimmunity. And now here's your host, Julie Michelson. Welcome back to the Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast. I'm your host, Julie Michelson, and today we are joined by Laura Coleman-Waite, who's dedicated the last 25 years of her life to teaching people how to use their muscles to get rid of pain. In today's conversation, Laura teaches us about what she calls underutilized and overlooked muscles that are often driving pain that doctors can't explain. Laura teaches us about biomechanics and gives us tips that we can use starting today to reduce our pain from the root clause level. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Oh my gosh, so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I am so fascinated about what you do and and how you do it, (laughs) Um, especially, you know, people ask me all the time. You know, what are some common symptoms of autoimmunity? The two that always come out of my mouth first are pain and fatigue. So I know today's conversation is going to be amazing for listeners. So my my question always is, you know, how did you get into this world? Um, I know I wasn't dreaming of being a health coach when I was younger. Uh, I don't even know if there was, (laughs) was, I don't think there was any health coaching, forget functional medicine. Um, But how, how... Tell, share your story with us. Well, I, as I was saying, um, I think our stories are unfortunately sort of have a sad beginning because um, your dad had his, I believe he had a heart attack. Uh, we're not positive, but I, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. At, at a relatively young age. And my mom, um, when I was a senior in college, um, getting ready to go to soccer tryouts right before I left found out that she had, you know how you walk into a room and you know instantly that something is wrong. And my dad and I had been out back to school shopping for all intents and purposes. And I looked at her and I said, what is it? And she said, I have a spot on my lung. And I didn't really know what that meant. And I said, okay. And the thing that really, really, really sort of slays me to this day is she was not a smoker. She was not a smoker. Her parents did smoke. My other sets of grandparents, my dad's parents smoked, and my dad himself quit eventually, but he also smoked. So she was surrounded literally by a cloud of smoke, and she didn't smoke, and she's the one that got sick. So that's the part that makes me a little crazy. But the thing that I noticed, because I was the I was her primary caregiver for the last nine months of her life, I noticed that the thing that took the wind out of her sails the most was the pain. And I I wished away that pain on so many levels and she would have panic attacks and, you know, it just really took away her, her wanted, her ability to stick around. So unknowingly, that kind of set me on my journey, unfortunately, unfortunately. And I moved to San Diego because I needed to get the heck out of Dodge. I had had enough. I needed to move. I needed a new place. I was running away, of course. And I ended up working for a guy in San Diego in the mid-90s by the name of Peter Goscue. And he's written several books and he has clinics 
around the country. Um, he's the one that taught me how to watch people move. And you look at the whole body as a system always, but as a muscle, as a complete muscular system, and the tricky thing with just working with muscles, that's the name of my company, Just Muscles, is that there isn't a big diagnostic tool that nails them as a problem. So I had clients, you know, I had lots of women in particular who had been told they were hysterical females mm-hmm. because they there was no direct diagnostic test that can nail what their problem was. And that made them a little, I think that also made them a little bit upset because they knew they weren't crazy. They knew they felt bad, but there wasn't anything that their doctor could say, oh, well, here it is on your MRI or here it is on your CAT scan or, you know, nothing showed up because it was muscular in origin. There's nothing that really nails muscles. So to everyone listening to this podcast, please develop a muscle test for us. (laughs) That would be so nice so that we could nail down muscles as the thing. But in the meantime, or train more Laura's. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I got started. And, you know, there, um, there's been lots of things that I've, that I've researched and run across and done workshops with, I'm sure as you have, um, that have contributed to my sort of general knowledge over these last 25 years. And now I, that's, so it's my favorite thing to do is I watch people move and then I, um, I say, okay, well, this looks like it's out of position. This might be a little out of position. The thing is, is that that may not be the problem. Your problem may show up somewhere else. And that's usually the biggest paradigm shift for most people is just because we see something's wrong doesn't mean that that's the thing that's the, the problem. You have to take a, like, so for instance, if your shoulders are out of position, then it look, you know, your shoulders, you can see are out of position, but are they out of position because your shoulders have a problem or is the thing they're sitting on top of the hips, are those out of position? And right. is that causing this whole sort of chain reaction all the way down the body? In which case we have to say, all right, well, let's go after. So I, for the last 25 years, I have systematically sort of drilled it down to three what I call underutilized and overlooked muscles in the body. And I start with those three almost without fail with every single client, regardless of what their um what regardless of what their symptom is, whatever it is that's hurting them. So using the shoulders as an example, if your shoulder hurt, I'd say that's nice. But what's the other shoulder doing? (laughs) Right. Well, and I love the similarities because this is, it's just like functional medicine. And if you take the autoimmunity piece, right, what they're treating in the rheumatology office is the symptom. Sure. And we're going after the root cause. You're doing the same thing mechanically with the body. It's like, okay, I get that that's uneven and hurts, (laughs) but let's dig and, and find what's really driving that. That's... That's incredible. So sorry, you're three Good. underutilized, underutilized and overlooked muscles. muscles. So what do you think they are? I always ask this. <laughs> I, always I have ask no this idea, but I'm so excited to learn. <laughs> and I'm sure I I'm sure I have all three. <laughs> I'm sure that you do. I'm sure. <laughs> so one muscle that gets a totally bad reputation is our little friend, the psoas or the hip I knew you muscle. were gonna say that. I should have guessed it. Did you? 
<laughs> yes. Because <laughs> who doesn't have psoas issues? <laughs> okay, so let's talk about why. So let's say you have a job that requires you to sit, let's say, the majority of the day. And actually, let's back it up for listeners. Okay. Where yes. is the psoas muscle? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So the psoas in order to get to it, that's the, that's kind of the interesting thing about it is it's so internal. So, so many people don't really know where it is or how to get to it. So, to get to it, we would have to scoop out all your intestines, which we won't do today. But then <laughs> <laughs> it hangs on to the vertebrae in the low back and then comes diagonally down and attaches to the top of the inside of the femur. And the only real estate you have access to on the outside of the body is this tiny little square. Kind of, if I stand up, it's right in the front of the crease of the hip. So the quad attaches to the front of the hip bone. And then let's say three finger widths over is the hip flexor. That's the only access you have to it from the outside of the body. So for the for really the majority of the muscle is so internal. And that makes it so difficult for people to understand where it is and how it works. And it gets such a bad reputation, but it is so powerful, so powerful. It's one of my favorites. When you, so for instance, when you are watching the Summer Olympics and you're watching the track, um, the track people, if they're doing hurdles, for instance, it's the hip flexor that's picking that leg up to get it up over the hurdle. And if you didn't have hip flexors, then those hurdles would be really, yeah, you couldn't do it. You would (laughs) definitely not be at the Olympics. So all of your favorite runners from Africa that have those beautiful strides and their legs just go flying out behind them, it's the hip flexor that pulls that leg up in the front so that it can have all of that extension and go flying out behind them for the rest of the stride. So hip flexors, so hip flexor is the generic name for the psoas. It's actually two muscles. One muscle is the iliacus. So if you picture a skeleton at Halloween, you've got those big soup bowl hip bones. The iliacus lines the inside of the hip bone and the psoas is its best friend. So they're two separate muscles, but they do the same thing and they attach to the top of the inside of the femur. So they, they, they're just in charge of the same motion, which is jumping over hurdles or Another motion that they're in charge of is sitting. So if you sit, so if you, I put my little chair ready to sit in case I needed to Well, and just know a lot of listeners are going to just listen on audio. Sure, 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 sure. sure. So yeah, if you'll talk us through what you're doing. Absolutely. So I just sat down in a chair. And the reason I sat down in a chair is because that made the the, um, psoas muscle, the hip flexor muscle, become positionally shortened. So that means that I'm not jumping over a hurdle, but I am shortening the muscle nonetheless, just because I'm sitting. So it's as though I'm jumping over a hurdle, but sitting down to do it. And the brain doesn't know the difference. And all muscles have a best friend. And so the hip flexor's best friend is my second favorite muscle, Dean, what would you guess is the hip flexor's best friend in in some planes? That I don't know. So that's our friend, the glute. Oh, sure. So our little friend, the glute. So if your best friend is positionally contracted, so you're sitting and the the two attachment points are brought closer together, so the muscle is positionally contracted just because you're sitting, then... Just by nature of their relationship, 
the glute gets knocked out of the, out of the, it just can't work because the brain doesn't care that if there's a difference between a positional and a jumping over a, a hurdle. Right. Yeah. So either way, the hip flexor isn't really working because it's just shortened just because you're stuck in a chair and it knocks out the glute. So then the body's like, no problem. We've got backup muscles. So we'll go to quad because the quad is the body's second choice to pick the leg up off the ground. And the quad's like, okay, no problem. But it gets really strong, really fast. And it has a best friend, which is that my third favorite muscle to work on because it gets so underutilized. Our little friend, the hamstring. So now the quads are really super strong. And now the hamstring gets knocked out. And now on the backside of the body, really the only muscle left on your leg is your poor little calf. So tons of people have calf tightness and calf pain and Achilles heel problems and foot problems and plantar fasciitis. All that comes from that calf doing the work of the calf, the calf doing the work of the hamstring, and the calf doing the work of the glute. So most people are what I call quad calf dominant. So their quads work really well. Their calves work really well. And since there's no muscle in their hip per se, that's really working very well because the hip flexors kind of positionally shortened from sitting and the glute gets knocked out because the hip flexor is positionally shortened, then your body goes, well, we need somebody to work around here. So we'll go, we'll ask the neighbors. So we'll go above the joint and below the joint to ask the nearest neighbor for help. So it goes below the joint to the hamstring. Hamstring's like, sorry, can't help you. I'm getting knocked out by my friend, the quad. And so the body goes, okay, we'll go above the joint. So it goes above the joint to the low back. And it says, hey, low back, can you help us out? We don't have a glute. We don't have a hip flexor. And the low back's like, sure. But muscles are just like people. When they do their job and somebody else's job, they get mad. So I think that most people (laughs) have low back pain because they they just don't really tap into these big, powerful hip muscles very often because they can't see the hip flexor, the glute, they don't even, they just don't fully understand. And then the hamstring gets knocked out by quads. So those are my three (laughs) favorite muscles. I know, I know. It's, it's, it's when you think about it that way, then you're like, oh, well, no wonder. So then the question is, what do you do about it? And that gets compounded by, I would say a lot of people took up walking during the pandemic in a way that maybe was unprecedented because <laughs> there wasn't else anything else to do. I'm a soccer player. I, I'm on four soccer teams. All soccer teams disappeared. Right. So I, my options were, I don't know about you, I could go for a walk or I could go for a run. And that was about it for exercise available. And when I, so when I, what I figured out is that all of my clients that are what I call straight ahead sporters. <sighs> so they have sports that allow them to go straight ahead. They walk, they run, they hike, they swim, they bike. All of those sports are straight ahead. They all have really strong, that quad calf dominance really Mm -hmm. comes into play in a big way because they don't have a multi-directional sport that they could do. And for the first time, I've been playing soccer since fourth grade. This is the first time I hadn't played soccer since fourth grade. And I started to get all the things that my poor clients (laughs) (laughs) Don't you find it just makes you better at your job? Absolutely. 
that feels like this yeah. sucks. Yep. <laughs> Our empathy goes through the roof when when we have those kind of setbacks and experiences for sure. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So what do we do? About being a straight ahead sporter? Yeah. So you kind of have to artificially infuse some multi-directional stuff into your either your warm-up or even mid-sport. So my I'm on a little track team and my track team friends are now used to me saying things like, ugh, my left glute just said, see you later. So I got to go sideways for a little bit to get it to kick back in. So you artificially infuse a little bit of some multidirectional movement. So I love to teach people how to do sideways walking. I love to teach people how to do backwards walking, you know, in safe conditions. <laughs> uh, I'm chuckling because my, my kids were here for dinner last night, my adult children and, and uh-huh. Uh, my oldest works at a golf course and he walked 12 miles, I think, on Monday at work. Wow. And then was complaining about his heels bothering him mm-hmm. and mentioned in passing, well, yeah, those like those 12 miles were backwards. <laughs> and we were like, wait, what? <laughs> 12,000, 12, no, sorry, 12 miles. Um, yeah, backwards. And I'm like, well, we, we were like, wait, why were you walking? <laughs> he needed to for what he was doing. But it just, it was, that was our dinner topic last night. Isn't that amazing? That's so great. So, yeah, I love it. But you already connected so many dots for me. And I'm sure listeners have kind of the, you know, same thing going on in their mind. Um, my middle son, uh-huh. um, in my weekly email yesterday, I shared was literally just, dismissed from his rheumatologist's office. He had been diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And finally, he's, you know, after listening and watching and ignoring his mother for all this time, um, he has reversed all his autoimmune symptoms. But yeah. when he was first diagnosed or before he was even diagnosed, um, he had the the two symptoms for people that aren't familiar with ankylosing spondylitis. It's a autoimmune arthritis that starts in the spine and typically in the SI joint. So mm-hmm. there we are back down at that lower back. Yeah. Secondary, very common symptom at onset is heel pain. It's I... like, you just totally connected those dots for me. <laughs> the poor kid, we, uh, we kind of, I don't want to say ignored. Um, we explained away. He was a varsity catcher, right? Oh. So I was like, well, of course your lower back hurts and your heat, you know, you just spent mm-hmm. a double header in the hundred degree weather squatting. <laughs> yeah. But it it really wasn't that. It was the inflammation going on in his SI. Yeah. You know, yeah. traveling that path you just talked about down to the heel. <laughs> like, so wild. Amazing. Oh, Sorry, I digress. Yeah. I just had to share because. <clears throat> No, no, no. I know. That, Part of it good. is, you know, I'm so excited to share with people you know, we come on, we share our healing journeys, we share our stories. You know, this is a young man who's 25, right? right? He works sometimes 70 hour weeks. He's got friends and hobbies and, um, okay. and it's like, okay, if he can do the things, if, you know, he could figure out what's triggering and actually make the lifestyle changes. And, and a lot of it for him is exercise. Mm-hmm. It's making sure Mm-hmm. That that he is, you know, I guess not quad dominant anymore. 
(laughs) And that keeps him pain free. It's one of the things, you know, and food and and all the things we're always talking about. Um, So I love that. So I, anyway, sideways walking, backwards walking, which I'm so glad because I'm already thinking, well, I'm an equestrian. And so most of my, and I do, I walk a lot just in life, not, Mm-hmm. You know, I live, I'm, you know, live in the country. So, um, but I was thinking like, I can, you know, I don't think I can do multi-directional in the middle, middle of a ride. Right. No. <laughs> so, um, no, but, but we can are incorporate. You, are you up by your saddle? Are you down? Oh, yeah. You're up, I, I would think. Yeah. So yeah. you could, you could really kick your booty out and really push through your stirrups and really get that glute to activate for you in your saddle. Oh, oh Yeah. Yeah, I was. Just well, I would think that. Decide, well, you would have. Yeah, to, and I I ride jumpers, so yeah, we're that's oh, activated, and and I'm very familiar with the importance of, you know, the the hamstring and all <laughs> all the things. Um, but just thinking of like, you know, how am I getting lateral? I guess, and that's exactly what you're saying. You don't need the lateral movement or multi-directional as long as you're activating. Um, and you said it, I, I'm going to even uh, put it in my like elementary school vernacular. Um, when you said, you know, all, every muscle has a, has a friend, um, best friend. <laughs> yeah, a best, a best friend. Um, and, and what people need to realize is, you know, they're, they work inversely, you know, they balance each other out. And so that's hence why when you're quad dominant, your hamstrings are weak. Like it's, um, and it's just not a bad, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. That's how we move. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's that relationship didn't exist. Yeah. It, yeah. It, nobody would move anything. So it's useful. You just got to realize that the front of your body is probably going to be super strong. And the backside of your body is probably going to get knocked out just as a relate, just as a relationship thing with the front of the body. So it's okay. It's very Which fixable. Is amazing. And so you, when you, well, I'll ask you in a minute. I want to make sure because I did interrupt you when you were talking about getting this other multidimensional movement in. I make sure if there's nothing else you wanted to say on that piece before I. No, I would just say that um, if you don't spend all day with an anatomy app, like I like to, (laughs) you might not know that the glute fibers, I think the reason it's called a fanny and sort of, you know, casual conversation is because those fibers run at a 45 degree angle approximately. So you have to think about how the fibers actually are structured in order to get them to fire in the direction that they naturally want to go. So in that's why glutes are in charge of lateral movement. And even if you do play, let's say tennis or pickleball or, you know, you wrestle or you're a, a hoops guy or, you know, whatever that, um, that doesn't mean that they're automatically going to kick in, but at least you're giving your body the opportunity to have right. them kick in. And so if you don't feel like, and if they don't look the way you think they should, they're not filling out those genes the way you'd like them to. <laughs> or someone in your life says, that's a pancake back there. <laughs> <laughs> Better not. <laughs> Better not. That's right. But, you know, take, take it in. <laughs> 
<laughs> rude, but useful. Yes, so just true. take it in and say, oh, maybe I should try some, you know, sideways walking, or maybe I should try going backwards and just see if you can get some of those muscles to kick in. You can even use them as a warm up. Or what I really like about going backwards and sideways is that you can do it on the fly. So I'm not kidding. I'm, we're in the middle of a run and I'll say to my girlfriends, okay, I'm sorry, but I've got to spin sideways. Completely lost this hip. My knee is complaining. I don't see any reason to reinforce this right. muscle patterning thing. That's only going to be detrimental long term. And that's how you know, running, for instance, gets a bad rap. It's bad for your knees. Well, sure, if you let it continue to hurt and you don't have all your muscles working, I'm sure it would be bad for your knees. But it's great for you the rest of the time when those muscles are all working. So why reinforce bad neuromuscular patterns? I don't see any reason for it. So you're saying listen to your body and the pain what? and the symptom? What, what is that? What is that? Oh the hallmark of this podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, for, we so forget because it's often inconvenient right? The, the, like I'm out for a run and this is my goal. This is my intention. My health coach says exercise, you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, listen to your body and there's yeah. no pushing through when you're doing a, especially repetitive motion. That's painful. Like you yeah. said, you're just, you're digging yourself a hole that yeah. you don't need to be in. It's, yeah. it's not. So where do people start though? As I know, you know, listeners are they're in a, just wide range of physical ability. Um, And so I'm thinking back to where I was before I I broke out of the Western medicine only model. Right. And I was, I could walk, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But they wanted me to get a handicap placard on my car because I, it was painful and it was hard. And, and, And I only had energy wise, so many resources, right? That was their, their reasoning. Like, well, no, cause I was like, I don't want to take a handicap spot, you know, yeah. I can walk. Yeah. Um, so we've got the range, right? I have a client that came to mind when you were talking about illustrating this, the sitting, cause mm-hmm. she's, she's not older. Um, mm-hmm. and she, you know, will say like, I get out of a chair, like an 80 year old, she gets stuck. She literally mm-hmm. gets stuck. She freezes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm already like, Ooh, <laughs> I have ideas, you know, so we have this range and then we have, I see a lot, I bet you do too, kind of back to what I was talking about at that push through so many people with autoimmunity don't want to give up their exercise. Like that's the thing well, sure. that they're like, no, you know, this disease isn't going to take that away from me. And they're creating more problems by over-exercising or exercising in the wrong way. Um, so this huge variety of yeah. Uh, yeah. where do people even start if they don't, if you know, can't get to you yeah. to see like, where is this coming from? Because just like with my autoimmune symptoms, doctors are telling me it's in my head. They can't figure it out. Yep. Yeah, of course. And that, and that's crazy making and heartbreaking all in, yeah. all in one thing. So the, the, um, the little gift I sent to you is my favorite top five back pain hacks. And those don't require really much in the way of equipment. I was telling you before we turned on the thing is I had a, a video on Instagram that went viral and it was 
I thought something that everybody knew, which was to take two tennis balls in a sock and put it in the middle of your back to loosen up the middle of the back, which is another reason that the low back might get mad. And that apparently 80, 800,000 people didn't know that. And it was news <laughs> to them. <laughs> Yeah. I, I was sort of shocked. And I, I was telling you, I, I had a couple of physical therapists comment and say, well, I've been telling people for this for years. And I had a massage therapist say, I tell that to all my clients all the time. I'm like, okay, well, we all got to keep doing it because apparently it's news to everyone. Some so that's- of us still didn't get the memo. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just an easy thing. So that's a, that's and a how good are they? So really like how you're using it, two tennis balls in a sock middle of the back. What are you doing? Okay. So here's why. Do you want to do quick biomechanics, biomechanics in a nutshell? Sure. Okay. So all joints need to be mobile or stable, right? So neck, let's just go head to toe. Neck, do you think mobile or stable? Well, it's hopefully mobile. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, exactly. It should be mobile. Okay. Some next of us, joint. it's a little more stable than we'd like. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. So shoulder, mobile or stable? Mobile. Isn't that interesting? That's what everybody thinks. But there are 17 muscles that act on the shoulder joint and the shoulder itself, the shoulder mm-hmm. joint should actually be stable. It should be a, a, a bastion of stability for the arm, to, which to is mobile. super mobile. Right. Yeah. Okay. So neck, mobile, shoulder, stable, mid-back, mobile or stable? It's stable. Well, it's probably shouldn't be. Mine is <laughs> like mid. I mean, I think all your whole spine should be mobile. Shouldn't it, it? So mid back should be mobile. Yes. Yeah. But low back mobile or stable. Well, how are you defining low back? So the lumbar vertebrae, that little okay. chunk of your spine. Well, that's stable. Uh-huh. Exactly. Those are big chunky vertebrae. It's the bottom of a very long, thin pyramid. They want, they don't want to move. They want to hold still. You're absolutely right. I broke one of those guys. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's terrible. Is that a horse thing? Yeah. Where's a horse thing? Yeah. Who's a rider? A rider thing. Rider error. Fucked off horses. That just seems to result in broken vertebrae. Okay. So now hips, mobile or stable? Well, I'm going to say the same thing. Stable so the leg can be mobile. So, no, but they rotate. No. Well, I have no idea, clearly. No, no, no. You're doing awesome. So, <laughs> hips, I think, it's should be, be mobile. Mobile, mobile, mobile. <laughs> so they should be able to wiggle around. Not as much and as freely as your arm can. Right. Unless you're like, you know, an awesome Cirque du Soleil performer or something. But for the most part, they should be mobile. Low back stable, hips mobile. Okay, knees mobile or stable? I I, I give up. Well, mo- <laughs> stable in that they're you know they bend, but they're not going. All, hopefully, not going yes. all over the place. No, that's that's exactly right. They're a hinge <laughs> joint. You want them to work yeah. like a door, like and an you elbow. only want them to work like a door. If they start twisting around in all sorts of directions, that's Ouch. when you get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want them to be mobile. I live okay. in Colorado. There's a lot of knee twisting going around now <laughs> in the mountains. Not for me, just yeah, yeah. In general. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that leaves us with the ankles, mobile or stable? Mobile. Mm-hmm. Correct. They should go multiple directions. Okay, so let's review. 
neck mobile, shoulder stable, mid-back mobile, low back stable, hips mobile, knees stable, ankles mobile. That's that's biomechanics in a nutshell. And something has to hold still so something can move off of it. Okay, so there's that beautiful pattern, mobile, stable, mobile, stable, all the way down. What happens if something screws up that pattern? The wrong part is doing the wrong, like we were saying before, which I can't wait to highlight, so I'm not going to (laughs) wait. With this idea of where the pain is, is Mm -hmm. not necessarily where the problem is. And you alluded to that with the low back pain, but mid back needs the love. Hence the two tennis balls in a sock. So you put it in the middle of your back because think about your day. And as you start to get tired, you're like, (laughs) (laughs) slowly start the tiniest little, yeah, just like slowly slouch towards the end of the day and you sink into your couch because you're so, you're finally done with your day, whatever it is, you, so that if you took a pipe cleaner and you made an S and you pressed Mm -hmm. down the top of it, The S is basically like a spring and it would absorb and allow the force of your finger pressing down right into that, into a bigger S. If you took a pipe cleaner and made a C and pressed down on the top of it, that C has that bender break point in the middle. That's your mid back. That's why you throw the tennis balls in your mid back. And that can get the mobility back into the mid back. And then your low back can go back to being stable and happy. And because your low back is now back to being stable and the mid back is loosened back up with the tennis balls in a sock, then now you've reestablished that beautiful pattern and all is well in the world. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So just, you know, just that mobile stable concept. Other than you and your friends, like, why don't people know this? Like what? <laughs> I have the slightest idea. I don't have the slightest idea. I yeah. know. I know. I know. Wow. It's just been a, honestly just a lot of experimentation and hanging out with a lot of smart people. Like I was listening to your podcast and you had this woman on, Anna Esparham, Dr. Uh-huh. Anna. And, yes. And love her. You had to repeat something that I'd never, I'd, I'd never heard before, which was, that emotional, ba- I wrote it down and I'm reading it because I wanted to get it exactly right. I pulled over so that I could write it down. <clears throat> so you, she said that emotional pathways are along the same anatomical pathways as pain. They are really combined. So emotional pain can cause pain and pain can cause emotional pain. And I was like, hmm, that's so interesting because I have, so one of the biggest questions I get is, How long should I do my exercises? You know, like how many repetitions? How many sets? How many? Everybody wants the give me the formula, (laughs) the magic number. And I'm and I always say, well, ideally you do it by feel. Like, can you feel it? Is it working? I'm going to tell you the target muscle, and when you get it to kick in, then you can stop. That makes engineers and mathematicians and scientists around the world crazy. Yeah, they're like. Give me a number. Give me a number. So I did some research and I happened to bump into a physical therapist who said, well, 90 seconds is the magic neurological release and reset point. So I say, so I say to my engineers and my mathematicians and my, all the rest of my clients, okay, let's do it for 90 seconds. And that's our magic number. So then 
my friend Margaret suggested this book to me that was um, all about um, 90 seconds being correlated with releasing feelings. Mm. And so I, so I, all of a sudden, I, my, I woke up in the middle of that last night and I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> so neuroscience, so this woman by the name of Dr. Joan Rosenberg wrote this book called From 90 Seconds to a Life You Love. She says to ride the wave of feelings for mm. a full 90 seconds. Well, guess what I've accidentally been doing this whole time when I have people do their exercises for 90 seconds. Not only are they getting the neuromuscular release and reset point so that their brains start to learn where those muscles are and how it feels when they're working and how to get them to work equally, but they're also releasing the emotional component at the same time. Yeah. I was like, wow. So exciting because I think then when people get up and I say, okay, walk around and see how you feel after you get done with your workout, most people say, I feel better. And now my question is, do they feel better? Why? Because <laughs> is it the actual good muscles that we got to work, which I can tell they're working or is it all the feelings that got to be released? And, and I don't processed? think that answer can ever be deterred. Like no. I, I just... No, it's, I, I tell people all the time, it's the same thing. You know, people want the form. Tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes. well, we, we will figure that out. And you have to do this piece. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that makes such perfect sense. The, the 90 second thing, because mm -hmm. so much of that pain, the pain, at least that's from the emotion, it does go both ways mm -hmm. um, is because we, shove the emotion down or don't want to feel it to begin with. So it makes sense that sitting with the pain, even if we're not consciously feeling that emotion, you know, or like even the fear or the anxiety yeah. or any of that, yeah. any of those, like, is this going to strike again? What do I do about it? That's, you know, all of that. How we move through to the other mm -hmm. side. We have mm -hmm. to have that experience. Mm -hmm. And that's, mm -hmm. and I love, I'm going to check out that book. <laughs> Yeah, sounds amazing. And, oh, and so, oh my gosh, again, another like, aha, we're these integrated whole humans. What? What? Who knew? <laughs> so amazing. So that, that, you know, so I was so grateful for your podcast because, you know, I am forever. And learning. Anna is, and she's brilliant. She's just, oh, yeah. Well, so, so brilliant. The fact that I can't believe she's gone back to school so many times. I'm I like, know. She's there now. She's, she's back now. Oh, I have my MD. I think I'll get a DO. I have nothing else to do. I'll get she's, four more. She's awesome. Four certifications <laughs> just for fun. <laughs> That's amazing. So the the place to start then is to go for these, the five back pain hacks and, and just yes. start, like you said, yeah. feel. <laughs> yeah. 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 See, I love that. So the walk sideways, and then if you're doing an exercise, things that make me crazy are things like I'll have clients show me their physical therapy exercises, for instance, and I'll say, okay, let's start with exercise number one. Show me how you do it. And then I'll say, okay, where do you feel it? And they'll say, hmm, you know, they'll tell me a muscle. And I'll say, okay, is that the target muscle? No. Blank look. Yeah. They don't know. The what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the tar is it the target muscle? Oh, okay. So you don't know the target muscle. How about 
is it, what do you do if you don't feel the target muscle? Do you have an alternative to this or do you skip it or do you push through it? Or, you know, what's the solution here? Blank look. Blank look. And so it's a big deal. And when things are assigned for, you know, 30 seconds or 45 seconds, I'll say, why? What's the, what's the science behind that? That this 90 seconds is a like that's science bag. That's 90 seconds is the neuromuscular release and reset point. You want to teach your brain to get into that nerve pathway, to open up that muscle, to make that muscle available to you. Because if you are having difficulty feeling it, I promise you it's not working any other time. And so you've got to be sort of, you've got to give it the opportunity to work. And if you cut it off at 45 seconds, even if you're doing the right muscle, you're not doing all that you can do. So that 90 seconds is so magic, so magic. I love it. I, and I didn't realize how much I loved it until I tripped over that. <laughs> it all, the, it all clicked. Yeah, yeah. I was like 25 years and all I got to know this. That's crazy. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's, it is so validating too. It's amazing. <laughs> so you already gave us many, 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 um, but I know you've listened to the podcast because yes. you just quoted <laughs> uh, so what is, if you had to pick one thing, what is one mm. step that listeners can take starting today? Mm. I would try sideways walking. Honestly, if Love you it. are a straight ahead sporter, I would try sideways walking. That would be. And if you are, if you don't consider your, yourself a sporter. Straight ahead sport. You are straight ahead. Like yes. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if exactly. you're not intentionally getting mm-hmm. that multi-directional movement in mm-hmm. you're straight ahead. Even if you're like, well, I'm, I'm not a sporter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I yeah. Had to no, 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 people. no. And I, yeah. And I think women in particular sort of discount the fact that they move as well as they can. I have these cute 80 year olds in my neighborhood and one of them had IT band problems and the other just flat out couldn't go for a walk because her back hurt so badly. And I had them both do the same thing. I had them, I said, here's a really simple thing. One, I meet at the dog park when our dogs play and the other one just lives a couple of houses down. And I said, try walking sideways, just try walking sideways. I saw, and she, the, um, the one with the IT band, her knees literally collapsed in. So she looked like she was, mm. you know, the opposite of bow-legged, right. sort of all the valgus stress on the knees, as you know, and you know, or maybe a permanent horseback rider, like she'd been riding a horse. All day no, long. we're bow-legged. We're the opposite. Okay, yep. perfect. So, you, ever, you ever look at a cowboy? You just want to pull their knees together? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So I had them both walk sideways and that, you know, and they were sort of discounted because they were elderly. They, right. You know, one doctor wanted to put one on Cymbalta, which made her tinnitus worse and, made, you know, made upset her stomach and all this other junk. And I was like, Ugh, that's so dumb. Could you just try walking sideways and see how that feels? (laughs) Amazing. So they're both feeling better. And now the one can go for a walk, you know, and not have to stop because her back hurts. And I just saw the other one this morning and I said, your IT band's okay? And that's all I gave her. And she's like, yep, they're fine. I have a little bit of a, she has a a baker cyst, so a little puffy thing in the back of her knee. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's She's like, so I can't do 
um, child's pose yet? And I said, okay, well, we can work on that too. And she's like, okay, well, I got to go, but okay. <laughs> so cute. So cute. So I love that you that like just tied it in a bow because that's exactly what we're saying is we can be intentional about activating these muscles and being yes. multidirectional and balancing our poor out of whack bodies out without yeah. a diagnosis, without, mm-hmm. you know, by strengthening and counterbalancing, it doesn't really, it, the same exercise can solve different problems. Sure. I love Absolutely. that. And I think most people operate on the premise that all of their muscles are working all the time. And I'm just here to tell you, that's just not true. They can't. Or you want to be able to move. First of all, yeah, they can't. (laughs) (laughs) That's nearly impossible. Yeah. And so, you know, there there are, I have 25 years of shocked expressions when I've had people try and contract their glutes consciously without any help from any of the neighbors. And they'll they'll look at me and they'll say the c word, I I, I can't. And I'm like, ah, I'm having difficulty, I'm having difficulty. Your muscles can hear you. Let's talk yes. positively yes. to them. I'm having uh-huh. difficulty. They're there. You just have to give them the opportunity because you didn't even know they were missing. Right, right. So think yeah. of it as like they, you know, first they have to wake up from their long nap. <laughs> <laughs> Muscle amnesia. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. We didn't we didn't plan any of this. <laughs> Just very aligned. Very aligned. And the the <clears throat> links are going to be in the show notes for everything everywhere. But for people that are listening in their car like you yes. and they don't want to pull over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where's the like best place to find you? Because they're they're like, oh my gosh, I need to learn more from her. Ah, so sweet. So I so my Instagram page is handy. I put I post um, quick fitness tips nearly daily on my Love Instagram it. page. I'm starting a group coaching program, but the that program is not live yet. If you want to sign up to um, be alerted when it does go live, that website is hackyourbackpain.com, Love and it. that you just pop your little email in there, and I'll shoot you an email when things get rolling. When launching, yeah, when we're launching. launching. And yeah. your Instagram is what? Where can they find you on Instagram? Laura.Coleman27. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. It's not particularly memorable, but the children set it up for me and I was like, all right. It works. <laughs> <laughs> it works. And again, we will link to it. So that's great. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for coming on and oh, teaching us you. so much and enlightening and inspiring us. You've shared amazing amazing tips with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And thank you for being such a force for good in the world. It's so, I'm so grateful to be part of your world. So thank you. I'm, I'm so glad we got to connect. I'm excited. Can't wait for your group program to launch. (laughs) Um, Just, I I always love, I don't know. I knew I was going to learn a lot today um, (laughs) and I'm probably going to have to go back and listen again. (laughs) So, I, I'm just thrilled to have had you here. Oh, thank you for having me again. Yes, it's been delightful. <laughs> for everyone listening, remember you can get those show notes and transcripts by visiting inspiredliving.show. I hope you had a great time. I know you learned something. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity. Did you enjoy this episode? 
please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to get a transcript of this and every other episode, just head on over to inspiredliving.show or click on the link in this episode's description. There, you can also find everything we discussed in this episode, including links and information about our guests. You can even send in your questions to be answered by Julie in a future episode. That's inspiredliving.show. Until next time, this is Julie Michelson's Inspired Living with Autoimmunity podcast, helping you take your power back.